Welcome panel, thank you all for making the time. Before I get into the discussions, I'd just like to introduce each of you. Um, let me start with Mayank. He is the first film critic in India to win the Ramnath Goyanka Award for Excellence in Journalism. So congrats on that. His last book, Name, Place, Animal Thing, was critically acclaimed Amazon top title. His on-point podcast is Sit with Hitlist and has won multiple awards. And Shekhar was the founding editorial team of Mumbai Mirror and has been the national culture editor with Hindustan Times. He's currently the entertainment head with Midday, and you can follow his writings on his weekly column called MS Word. Hey, Mayam. Hey. Uh, Ravina is the founder and editor of Dedant. I guess that's a Dedant, Dedant, right? It's yes. <laughs> an online publication and a new media venture focused on comedy in India and internationally. She's got 15 years of experience in media and entertainment. She was previously the editorial head for youth and English entertainment at Viacom 18, which has under its, you know, bouquet of channels, MTV India, Comedy Central, VH1, and some, some more. She's the former editor of Motherland Magazine, The Sunday Guardian, 20 or 2.0, what is that? 20. Okay, and MTV Noise Factory. Welcome, Ravina. Thank you. Soumya Rajendran is Deputy News Editor with the News Minute, one of my favorite news platforms. She heads entertainment and features over there. She writes on gender, culture, and cinema. And she has a focus on women's representation on screen. Soumya is also a children's writer who was awarded the Sahitya Academy Bal Sahitya Puraskar in 2015. Welcome, Soumya. Hey, hi. And Anupama Chopra is a film critic who I'm sure many of us are aware of. We have seen her work. She's a television anchor, a book author. She's been writing about Bollywood since 93. Her work has appeared in publications such as New York Times, Hindustan Times, the LA Times, and Vogue. She's the founder and editor of Film Companion, a platform for entertainment journalism with a main focus on Bollywood, Hollywood, world cinema, Tamil, Telugu, Malayalam, Kannada, Marathi cinema. That pretty much covers everything. <laughs> and she's also the writer of two books, at least two books. I don't know if she's a mob, which I've read. One is, in fact, on my shelf. First day, first show on Shole. And I have had a very interesting meeting with her, which she would not remember. But it's one of my favorite stories at the music launch of Kareeb in Manesar. In the oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Vidhu Vinod Chopra ripped into me. <laughs> and Veer was doing damage control. And I went to my colleague, Geeta Dattar, said, who do you think he is? And she's having it on the bus. I'll meet on the bus later. Who do you think he is? She's having it on the bus. And then later, I go two and two together. It was, it's a fun story. Sometime I tell you. I love it. He never needs a reason to rip into anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Yeah. So, uh, welcome all of you. Thank you for making the time. Um, I've told you, you know, what I want to discuss. We'll try to pack as much as we can in 45 minutes. Uh, but let me start with you, Anupama. Um, I mean, the premise is, and, and I mean, I personally, that is my thesis, that it's true for cricket, but we won't discuss cricket here. But I think cricket and cinema have two things in common. If you have access to a Sachin or a, you know, Dhoni or whoever, journalism is restricted to an interview with a star. Now, that star can be a player or a team owner. That's pretty much it. In cinema, it's a lot more. It can be writer, director, you know, actor. But that is all film journal journalism has been reduced to by and large. Is that true? And is that unique to India? You know, I, I would argue otherwise. I think, in fact, um, that more and more, thanks to the net, thanks to the fact that we're all digital uh, journalists now, there is so much more. Uh, you know, there, there are 
uh, op-eds, there are essays, there are uh, video essays, which, which you know, we're all trying to do now, which, which is just wonderful. Um, but of course, the thing that gets you the most eyeballs is the interview with an actor. Uh, there's no getting away from how star-centric um, the film industry is. And I'm speaking here about the Hindi film industry, but I think it's true for most film industries in India. Um, and for how uh, much journalism also revolves around, um, around that access and around which star you can get. But I want to qualify that by saying that I would like to believe that access also has to do with quality. Um, you know, you have access because you bring a certain quality to the conversation. It's not just about um, she's a friend and therefore I'll speak with her. Okay. Um, I mean, what you said is also true for politics. I mean, a mind, uh, you know, I, not that he'd ever speak to me, but an interview with Narendra Modi would definitely get you more eyeballs than a report. But that doesn't mean that's all that news platforms do. But in the case of cinema, Mayank, you know, tell me, is that the case? I mean, for example, um, and also if you could weigh in on, is it unique to India? For example, for the longest time, and I'm not saying it's a new phenomena, even earlier, the biggest story I'd imagine would be the underworld money in cinema. It has everything a journalist needs. It has glamour, it has crime, it has you know uh, establishment intervention and understanding, and it has Bombay, which is the most cinematic city, minus Yash Chopra's love for Delhi in India. That story was never done. It was. I did it in Sunday Magazine in <laughs> yes. 1993. But, but, but other than that, was it a story? Like, was it the biggest story of the year? No, I get there were a few. I mean, there were a few. So there was your report. There was a report even Newstrike had done on that. But it was, the, I mean, it wasn't the story that was in every paper. So, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, uh, one, oh, well, thanks for having me here. Uh, I was going to say Sunit Tandon for some reason. You started looking a lot like Sunit Tandon. Or maybe it's just the lockdown look. Uh, to answer your question, I think uh, we tend to, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, put Bollywood or even film journalism into a very small box. It's actually much wider than we would imagine. And especially when we cover it in Bombay, because it practically affects uh, every part of our life. So for instance, all the reporting that we've done uh, on COVID uh, is not very different from what everyone else has done in migrant crisis. It could be spot boys having to go back to the village or the dancers and things like that. Uh, it, it could be about how these people would, would make a living because, you know, everyone has lost their jobs. And these are all essentially, uh, you know, wage earners uh, in the sense of daily wage earners, right? So there is that aspect. And there is the aspect, as you mentioned, about, for instance, the underworld connection, right? The big story in cricket was match fixing. It wasn't done by sports journalists. You, are you telling me all these post journalists who'd been touring all their lives with all, all these cricketers were the only ones who had no clue what the hell that match fixing is? It was done by non uh, sports journalists. Likewise, there's a lot of film journalism that we do, for instance, at midday, which has been done by the best crime reporters we have, right? So if you're talking about uh, the whole Sanjada uh, case, for instance, the, the 93 blast, or if you're talking about uh, all those other uh, tapes that came out, that didn't come out from entertainment journalists. Entertainment journalists, of course, knew Sanjay Dutt really well, and they knew the Salman Khan really well, but it came out from another area. So I think film, by and large, 
at least sitting in Bombay touches too many things for it to only be restricted to uh, cinema stars. Yes, they do bring in the numbers and that we've kind of established because that's easy to establish. You go to YouTube and you'll see uh, who's getting the maximum numbers. But the story, the best stories that we do, for instance, and we've done it for years now, is actually stuff that comes out of a set. Is actually somebody who's the assistant director, who has an axe to grind, who gives us a story, or a writer, somebody who's on the periphery, and that's how the big stories happen. Those are the tabloid stories, and those are the ones that really uh, count for journalism in the way we know the, the term per se, which is no different in politics, certainly not any different for, for business, would be, would be about asking the right questions and about getting the right information. So I'll, I'll come back to you on this. Yeah. That means film journalists will not do that. That will be done by somebody else. Why? Because it will spoil, spoil the dynamic? Is, is that it? Well, a couple of things here. There are certain, there's some information that actually will, for instance, the Sushant Singh Rajput case, right? Every piece of information that's coming out in terms of what did Gansali say, what did uh, uh, Aditya Chopra say, what did uh, Shekhar Kapoor say, it's all deposition for the cops. The film journalist is not going to have that connection. Where we use film journalists in a newsroom is uh, for the phone number. Uh, if the person is not picking up and we have to go, we have to send the page off, then man, just, just text him. Because this is exactly what the story is. We use film journalists in that moment to, uh, to get quotes because they don't have the access to that information, but then information can come from various places. Would the film journalist take a, should ideally take a second byline to that story? A lot of them don't, but I can understand because you know what they do is very separate from what that particular story is about. Right. Okay, so I mean, you write on gender. Now, I don't know whether you've seen the Weinstein documentary on Netflix. It actually, uh, there's one journalist, uh, I don't know whether she was for the Bandy Fair, I forget which magazine she worked for. She was a photographer, her husband was a reporter. And uh, Weinstein actually like pushed him to the ground at a party. I think it was post some film or the other. And he had the kind of power. He said, click all the pictures you want. Not one of your pictures is going to find its way in any publication. Uh, now that being said, the Me Too, you know, ripple effect did burn big cinema in, in the West as well. Hollywood was touched. Uh, here it, you know, there was, it was, nothing was touched. Everything remained as is. We can't take names because it's libelous. I'm aware of one story that was ready to be uploaded and at the last minute, the prime uh, you know, person who had made the accusation backtracks and the publication had to not go with the story uh, of a very big star. Now, that kind of story, we haven't seen out of here. Is it because, even though what Mayank said, there have been some crime stories that were done, but that was after the state had slapped a Tada case on, on Sanjay Dutt. It wasn't like, pre-enter, these are the kind of people who are coming in and out of Sanjay Dutt Sunil's house. Are we still far from touching Bollywood? If that's a term that is acceptable, I don't know if that's the politically correct term these days. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I think if, if I can speak from the South perspective, uh, even before the Me Too movement really came to India, we had the Women in Cinema Collective happening in uh, Kerala, in the Malayalam film industry, where uh, you know a top star was accused uh, and there's a court case against him, of course. So there was a lot of shaking up happening in the Malayalam film industry at the time. And uh, as film journalists, we did cover that. Now, as you know, News Minute is a very small organization. So it's not that we have a dedicated entertainment desk, which will only look at this or which will only look at that. So uh, we covered those stories like we would any other story. We, we didn't care about whether we were going to burn bridges or you know whether uh, this would lead to uh, upsetting other people in the industry and so on. 
so uh, i think when it comes to entertainment journalism there is a line between being a pr person and being a journalist and i think you have to decide how thick that line is going to be for you so as far as i'm concerned that line is very thick for me now when coming to uh, you know weinstein over there i feel in hollywood a lot more people were willing to come forward with not just their personal accounts but also material evidence so uh, you know uh, people uh, there were people who were able to corroborate accounts there were able, uh, people who were willing to share emails and so on whereas in india we haven't seen that kind of a concerted effort as far as me too is concerned so um, even though we've sp- uh, we've spoken to a number of women who have made these accusations anonymously they are very worried about really speaking out and you know making this public so i think that's one uh, factor which kind of pulls entertainment journalists back from pursuing a story further because here i feel uh, within the own industry the women their their power is so little that they really can't afford to speak up much but so while i understand what news women and news laundry the economics of running organizations like yours and ours is very different from our, the, the economics and the economic logic of a times group or the india today group so could you just comment not just on i mean we don't give a shit about burning bridges but that's because we have 40 salaries to give if we had 4000 then would we care when when you're talking millions when you're talking uh, you know an audience that is not just a bunch of people who are enough to sustain you you're talking you have to be the biggest leader in the market I, then is it inevitable this kind of pring pr exercise in journalism i think to a certain extent it is inevitable but you really have to draw the line somewhere you know and if if sexual harassment is a big story if, i mean why is it not a big enough story for you to actually take the risk that is the question that we should be asking other so, than other than news minute has the case of because i've read a few of those you know um, cases that you're talking about has it been taken up in a big way by legacy malayalam uh, uh, media or no yes of course it, it it is a very big story in kerala still and uh, but unfortunately we feel that you know at a certain point the pr campaign of the star in question also comes into effect and then they start publishing positive stories about the person to kind of balance the coverage so all of that happens but it was a very big story yes okay so ravina you cover comedy yes. you know they're the new stars for the millennials and the post millennial yes. gen z or whatever is <laughs> gen z i believe gen yeah. z so uh, one is of course comedy stars at least what i have observed over the last few years tend to self combust for some reason or the other <laughs> but when it comes to catering to an audience of a, you know relatively younger demographic are they interested in news are they just interested in listicles how how would you approach entertainment journalism that is not just restricted to big cinema whether it's malayalam cinema hindi cinema marathi cinema so in terms of uh, covering comedy it's a very sort it's brand new so dead and what we did initially was to just sort of lay the foundation and uh, highlight all the things that exist within this space so what is it all about like what are the different sort of parts that make it it the whole because mainstream media only picks up what uh, is sensationalized or when an fir is slapped against somebody or whatever and so that's the only kind of stuff that 
everybody hears about. So to kind of talk about that there's so much else that's going on is kind of what we have looked at. So we do listicles, we do reporting, we do analysis, trends, um, and then of course reviews and news and your interviews and stuff like that. So it's a mix of uh, what you call like content creation and journalism where that line is of course uh, debatable, but um, we are approaching it journalistically. So we do invest in a lot of like reporting as well because there are um, there are things that are coming up within the comedy space as well that need to be discussed and reported on in a very thorough sort of such as the Me Too thing that happened or uh, what, what has just gone down last week with the, the whole Agrima Joshua incident where comedians were being made to apologize for, you know, offending sensibilities and stuff like that. So those things need a sort of a more, um, you, you need to get into it in a more reporting kind of uh, space. In fact, I, I'd like to come because three of the journalists are from Bombay. Um, so I want to talk about this whole apology thing because when I was in Bombay for a year, I... I thought this was very unique to Bombay and why is that? But uh, Anupama, is this phenomena of, I get that there's a balance that, you know, there is a lot of journalism that is where the story is in the entertainment space. I still think it's way less than what it can be. There are way more stories out there than are done. Two things, A, is this unique to India? B, what are the kind of stories if, you know, you were say, okay, you don't want to worry about any repercussions, you don't want to worry about the economics of it. What are the stories that you think are there to do in, in cinema and entertainment right now? You know, I, a, I don't think it's unique to India. Uh, one of the big uh, conversations in, in the West as well is the sort of puff piece cover story. Um, who do you have access to? You know, the access to Tom Cruise gets cut if you don't write a certain way or, or you know, even, even um, uh, sort of approval uh, of the articles before they go. I remember... Uh, Years ago, when Tina Brown was still the editor, there was this whole conversation. I can't remember which actor it was, but there was this massive sort of conversation about, you know, um, do you cut off that access or do you give him approval of actually what your copy is? Um, so it's not, it's not, um, it's everywhere, you know, uh, it's anywhere where there are massive celebrities who, who you are covering. And, you know, speaking for what we do at Film Companionsy, we are a curatorial platform. Uh, our mainstay is reviews. So we're not about um, breaking news. We're not about uh, let's uh, sort of uh, do investigative journalism. That's never been what, um, you know, I, I, I actually did some of it in India today, you know, when I first started. And, and I have to tell you, you were speaking about a massive organization, but I spent 12 years at India today. And there was not one time when anybody ever told me, don't do this or go easy. Uh, same with NDTV when I worked there, same with uh, Star World when I did the front row. Um, of course, you know, that was a show which was a, about reviews and interviews, but I was never told that be nice to anyone in a review because we need the access. So at least in my experience, um, nobody's come back to say, you know, just achise bol do kyuki, you know, don't be too harsh. Um, yeah. So honestly, there, of course, there's so many stories to cover. If, if there was... Um, you know, a, a sort of opportunity to, again, it's not what I do, it's not what Film Companion does, but there are tons of stories that are uh, waiting to be done within the film space. I mean, uh, Me Too being one, um, the great N-word, nepotism being the other, uh, opportunities, uh, you know, uh, talent agencies, casting directors. I mean, I was told uh, 10 days ago that casting directors are now becoming their own monopoly, um, even though they're the people supposed to be kind of 
you know, equalizing the playing field. Sure. Uh, so there's there's lots of stuff to be done, but. Truthfully, I don't know. Mayank, do, do I can't imagine that Mayank sits in his office and says, "I won't do this story because no, I, I'll lose that." I, 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 I'll just come to my. I agree with you that I mean, even I, when I was in jail, no one told me, you know, one thing or the other. Although the circumstances, like you don't remember when I met you, when we met, were very interesting. There was the at Manesar, which was a back then it was the Boondocks. I mean, Manesar was very far away. Now it's right part of NCR huh. and Parib's music launches. I think this is May '96, '97. It was my first, second year or third year into. And that time, Newstrack and Aaj Tak were the two English and Hindi things. There was no channels, so obviously your, our cameras would get preference wherever you went. And I, I told Vidhu that you know after Parinda, which was such a because I was in school and Parinda happened. It was this cult film. You know, 1942 wasn't very successful. I must have used the flop. But he ripped into me. Tum bache ho, tum kya jaante ho? Ye wo tuta. And I went to Geeta. I said, Who do you think? And she kept trying to introduce me to you. I was like, Dude. Can can you listen to my dukhda? She says that I met with his wife. Said, oh, okay. So, so that was the music launch of Kari. But no one told us what to do. But we learned from what we saw. You see, even today, no one will tell you not to do a story. But this generation of journalists will know how to interview a prime minister from what they see Rajat Sharma, Sudhir, and all these guys do. I mean, they're not going to imagine how. And I learned from what I saw Madhu Trehan doing. I mean, we all learn from what. So no one tells you anything. Mm. So. And just one thing: is it, is it conscious? Like I, I get that your style isn't ladai jhagda like some others, but you were interviewing this, uh, the director of a film, um, where guys slapping the girlfriend is a sign of love. Uh, it was remade ah, in the. Ah, Sandeep Banga. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. A, it was. A, it, I think it was a Canada film, but it was made into remade into Hindi film. Kabir. No, Arjun Reddy, Telugu film. No, Telugu film. It was amazing. So in that, uh, I mean, what he said on, you know, he was. Really offensive. Well, I don't expect you to say how dare you and stuff, but you think a pushback would have been more had you been interviewing a politician? Like, would you have challenged what he said? Maybe not impolitely, but saying that, dude, that's deeply problematic. What you just said. Are the are the rules that we have inherited different for when you're interviewing stars? Well, you know, I would argue that Sandeep Banga is not a star in our universe because before Kabir Singh, nobody knew in in the Hindi speaking universe that. you know so for me that interview uh, which you know were created too too much noise um, was was genuinely an effort to understand where he's coming from um so i and uh, for me again it's just not who i am i am not a confrontational person i never have been um uh, you know i push back to the level i'm comfortable with uh, but when i'm speaking to people i genuinely want to know what you were thinking when you created that person that's my whole interest especially with directors like what was in your head and to create a character like this that has worked in some five languages across the board he's obviously hit on something that is connecting with people um so for me i think it was a successful interview in getting him to say what his um you know what his point of view was what i regret is not defending my colleagues enough I wish I had defended Rajiv Masand more. I wish I had defended Sucharita Tagi, who works with me more. Um, I think I was just sort of taken aback with how much um, anger there was in him. Uh, you know, this was literally the Thursday or the Saturday. I mean, it was literally one day after release or something, and and you know, he was just filled with kind of rage at the kind of um, hatred he was getting. Um, and I wish I'd handled that better. So, Maya, um, a 
two things what are the stories that if all stops no economic consequences no budgetary constraints what are the stories that entertainment has to offer right now and have we inherited by we i mean me and anupam one generation you're another but have we all just inherited a politeness towards film stars that we have separately in our heads and how we interview others is separate in our heads you know uh, honestly abhinandan uh, uh, my thing is and here i'm speaking to you as a journalist plus also a consumer of journalism i mean i read a lot of news that i'm a news junkie at the same time and i think the real massive stories are in business right i mean everyone's a crook out there and you see nothing in business journalism the real massive stories would be in politics everyone's a crook out there and they act, and they actually over something we elect them to power right and look at the journalism that's happening uh, there i was on arnab's panel last night all right and he scored shahrukh khan a murderer uh, karan johar a murderer uh uh uh, uh bhatt a potential killer this all all there on record all right he's saying these words he's calling them suicide gang i want to know if he could say anything even close to it about ambani or any close to it about amit shah he can get away saying these things about these people because honestly speaking all they have is soft power in a real sense they don't have any power you know what i mean they can't destroy me i can say what i want to and i have in the past and especially in my 20s i should be a crazy guy i mean you should see some of the stuff i've written and i would just say and do stories as we felt like and we continue to at at midday we take pride in that fact and because we're a tabloid we get away with a lot as well will we say that's our genre of journalism in any case me too we did about we have about 10 cases uh, lawsuits but we did about 25 stories all of them going anonymous but three four people and all those things so i don't think we will hold back i think people in other forms of journalism hold back for that and totally understand why because the guy in the gum the real lutians the amit shah or the modi these are really powerful people in a real sense they can screw you over right they hold they hold labels to power they can they can go after you can they can send agencies after you personally if not you then they can go after the owners etc etc so there's far more scare there uh, and 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 business of course i'll give an example i mean and then this about so let's say i've been around for almost 20 years right and that's about a lakh plus stories either run or done right a lakh plus minimum but i was shitting bricks 2 years ago for a story that i did on ambani right on the fact that mukesh ambani uh, in principle has agreed to fund amita uh, amir khan's film and give 1000 crore for it now i had it like in a way that it, this story cannot be denied right i know it's true i knew that getting in touch with reliance for this would mean the story is going to be canned the only way to do it is nikal do and fir kal dekha jayega but that night i was freaking out yeah and we've done all kinds of stories about every movie star there is and you don't feel that because there isn't that real power in the morning yes because because reliance can take away ads they can they can genuinely harm the commercial interests of the paper and would that one story be worth it and it's a bloody positive story it's a good thing that he wants to give that money yes that he wants to make mahabharat it's an amazing thing even then it was shit bricks i don't want to know what business journalists go through i genuinely don't want to know what political journalists go through because that fucking threat is real it's not so real here i feel Soumya, is that the case in in the, because the, in the you know southern states the transformation from a film star to a politician to a god is pretty swift and Jaya Lalitha is famous and notorious for going after journalists and because she was in the center it was never noticed like 
you know it is in other cases is it true that even there they don't have any real power what mayank said uh, and do you have to have real power is economic power or cutting off access not enough of a disincentive for legacy media who have big budgets big circulation to cater to i think in the south what really happens is a lot of abusive uh, campaigns take off online when you do a story on a star which is not very positive towards them so there are a lot of people who are subjected even for a negative review so uh, you know the fan armies they start trending abusive hashtags and it goes on for days and the star usually never intervenes they never you know open their mouth and say stop it so there is some kind of uh, let's say they do know that it's happening it's not that they don't know but they allow it to happen because they that's a way of silencing the journalist who did that story or who wrote that review so uh, other than that i don't think there's a really uh, uh, you know an on ground kind of effect if you do a story on somebody and uh, uh, i mean people like rajnikanth and you know kamal hasan they've now entered politics but i don't think they're still big politically speaking you know they don't really have real power politically speaking they are huge stars in the industry and when you speak about them it sets off these uh, you know fan troll armies but other than that i don't think it's really a uh, cause for worry for an entertainment journalist when it comes to access um, when it comes to access of course if you do a story that a star does not like uh, it's very normal for them to stop speaking to your uh, you know media house and it has happened to us quite a few times like i remember this summer star uh, he gave us an interview right before the release of his film where he justified uh, stalking so there was a question on why his films you know uh, regularly promote stalking and he and his answer was that uh, well it's not a problem that i stalk women in my films because i always marry them at the end of it at the end of the story so that was his understanding of the whole narrative then it's and, okay <laughs> yeah it's okay so we quoted him exactly and we carried the story and he and of course a lot of people who read it were outraged and uh, you know it started off this big campaign to boycott the film that that's not what we said we never said that we have to you know people have to boycott the film we just carried the interview uh, you know with in his own words and he was convinced that we were out to sabotage his career and you know this is all some kind of a paid campaign so after that he's never given us an interview even one time his uh, pr fixed fixed it for us and later he cancelled when he got to know that you know he's going to be speaking to us so such kind of things happen and uh, to be honest i don't think tnm is really too worried about it because we are very clear about what we want to do so like you said maybe that's the advantage of being a small media house you know being a small independent media house okay ravina um if you could just wane if you want cuz you're in bombay got to be careful i understand um this whole thing like when i saw one after the other these um you know um stand up comics apologizing uh, i would you know i would think this is a i mean this is a story and in fact quint tried to speak to a bunch of them no one wanted to speak and this is from my experience so you know just before i i, I quitted the indira day group i had been sent to bombay i was there for about 3 or 4 months and this is just shortly after the jessica lal shooting in 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 delhi and i remember i said something about bal thakre who was alive at that time and i was told by the accountant of the indira group no less this may be okay in your delhi you can't talk like that over here so i was like and what does that mean he said at least we don't go around shooting women in bars over here it became this whole delhi bombay thing i was like well the only thing is i can stand out in the chief minister's house in delhi and shout what i want and i don't have to fear for my life 
have we got used to you know because of the bal thakre tradition he said people apologizing too quickly in entertainment and because i understand journalists also face a lot of backlash but i don't see them all apologizing one after the other the way it's happening there what is the reason are they generally that vulnerable because they don't have institutional backing of the news organization they belong to or they feel that they won't there'll be no coverage in case they are attacked i mean they are nobodies to feature on front pages so i think that uh, a this bombay delhi fight will be happening for ever and ever this is never going to stop in every aspect of whatever we do but uh, on a more serious note when you're talking why the apologies went out one after the other is this is a very very new industry okay it's about 10 or 12 years old they are all learning so in, in there there are two parts of it one that that has sort of found its feet and you know is evolving and is getting all the specials and all of that and they have a little bit more power then the other the, the much larger percent of artists in this space who are who are sort of still finding their feet and figuring out how to navigate a space like this for them if they get attacked suddenly or somebody takes offense and you know threatens them with legal action or whatever they don't have the wherewithal to kind of uh you know deal with that they don't know how to deal with they don't, they don't so the minute that it see they've all fought, there's a lot of them that have fought to first of all be comedians in the first place so there's been a lot of like fighting with families and saying you know to to even get on stage uh th- then they a lot of them come from small towns uh to bombay to kind of make it this is where this is your like hub for urban comedy in india right now so for them they don't want and their families are being threatened see what happened just now in the last week was that numbers were leaked and addresses were leaked and now your family is under threat and whatever as journalists you still kind of have an idea of what the protocol is when this sort of happens or you know what you need to do um but i don't think these artists i mean they're still figuring it out and because we don't have earlier generations to have learned from like journalists do or bollywood does or whatever they don't have a sort of frame of reference so they're winging it as they go and when it comes to political pushback i mean there was somebody standing at the venue smashing furniture and saying until i get an address i'm i'm you know i want an address i'm not going to stop f- smashing furniture and you know being like we want the address to be able to go and rape and something like this happens do they do they seek out like one of the insurance policies that other whistleblowers had was that i'll talk to the press so that credibility was there if anything happens to me it will be up there right not have faith in the press i mean what's the reason they're not talking to anyone because i know several reporters have tried to talk to them they don't want to talk so i think they they don't trust mainstream media yet to because because like consumers artists as well are very we we did an article where we got uh, we did a report on it and we got quotes from um, agrima and kunal kamra and a few others as well um and from stakeholders as well but that's because now we have grown into a place where you can sort of trust but mainstream media you're not you're not sure how they're going to spin it and they're not used to being covered they're not used to being approached by journalists which is something even i find that you know that they're so nervy and sort of ner- you know they, they're so nervous about what is going to look like and because they get attacked so easily and so much they have already been attacked that i think that they're just extra careful and they don't yeah they should be saying okay i'm going to take my story to the press but i think that for them it's like that doesn't matter because i'm just opening myself up to more than and i don't have any sort of there's no institutional backing there's no i don't know i don't have political power i don't have you know the resources i don't even have money so to deal with things at that level 
is uh, okay. Uh, tough. Arba, feel free to weigh in on this, but uh, quickly, uh, you know, this whole nameless blind pieces. Newsline read a piece on blind pieces uh, recently. Um, is it, you know, it's unfortunate what happened, and you know, when Sushant died, an amazing, you know, performer, tragic death. It brought, you know, this blind piece enough into the spotlight. But is that an inevitable part of an entertainment industry? And where does that fall into the whole journalism space? Is that journalism? Is that just the film glossies it should be restricted to? Or are you in favor of that being part of some page or the other in national dailies? Is that journalism at all? You know, the truth is it's not. It's been part of the landscape since I was a teenager. I mean, Stardust had Neeta's Natter, uh, which had all kinds of stories. And I remember what the stories used to be ki, kisi ke ceiling mein se cash nikalaya and kisi ke, you know, flush tank mein there were mounds of cash. And it, it was stuff like that. Um, so it has been part of the landscape since then. It's, it's not a new thing. I think what's happened is it's become, um, it's just become very harsh because of social media. It's become uh, uh, more in your face, uh, you know, WhatsApp forwards. Um, and, you know, when I started, film journalism itself was a very restricted to a certain space uh, type of thing. And now film journalism is everywhere. I mean, it's on, you know, it's, it, there is no like magazine, travel magazine self because of actors. So there's no that kind of line that used to be there that this is film journalism, this is something else, uh, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, look, the, I'm not going to take the high moral ground here. Is it journalism? No, it's not. But did we all consume it? Yes, we did. We did. We all read them. I could never figure out those damn things. So it was very frustrating. But, um, but you know, uh, we, the, the reason they were run is because people consumed it. You know, sure. so, so there is, we're all in this. I mean, we cannot stand above it. Yeah, I mean, although I I get where you're coming from, but I have, because this is one of the, you know, uh, arguments that's put forward for the quality of news also. Um, I think it's inevitable that a Jersey Shaw or a Big Boss or a Big Brother will always have a larger audience than a 60 Minutes. Yeah. But does that mean all news organizations become Big Brother? Uh, I mean, of course not. So of course right? not. Those Absolutely. who have more power have more choices. So. Yeah. I think there's a big difference there. So, Mayank, all these nameless pieces, and if you could tell me why is there this, um, I mean, are people in entertainment sitting ducks? Which is why, you know, you saw these spate of apologies. They don't want to talk to the press. They don't trust the press. Has, has the media changed? And therefore, you know, even when the story is maybe sympathetic to them, they don't want to interact with the media because of what you said happened on Arnab's show last night. The credibility gone. No, so here's the thing. I mean, just a quick one on blind items. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, I read, I read your news laundry piece. I was quoted in it as well. But um, if you go back, the point I was trying to make there is not against blind items at all. Uh, there are certain stories you cannot put out. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm obsessed with Ambani for some reason today. But the fact that the Ambani brothers were going to split was a blind item on page one of Times of India, right? Uh, because you cannot say it. But what is a blind item to words? Are we being moralistic? Are we like taking a trip for someone because he drinks too much or is he a scourge? I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the intention. Public interest journalism. Yeah, I mean, if, why are you doing it is more important than the fact of it. I think I think uh, it's a, it has a legit space in, in certain cases. It's in the same way that we can have a debate about the sting, uh, sting 
uh, operation is a good thing or a bad thing. It's in that it's in that zone. But your intention will will have to override everything else in terms of why you're doing it. And I think the blind items on Sushant were in really bad taste. And I knew whatever knew a little I knew of him was all through blind items. And I was like reading up on him on the day I was writing the obituary. And I was like, oh my god, how many? How many are there? So which is why I was like deeply appalled by what was going on with him uh, on that front. Um, sorry to go back uh, to your question. Uh, what was the second part, uh, Abhinandan? Uh, the second part was, is there a distrust of the media? Like, you know, Ravina was saying people in, you know, comedy or one station of entertainment don't want to engage with legacy media because they don't trust how you're going no, to- No, I think, I think it's got more to do with how vulnerable you are personally. I saw that in the spate of Me Too stories that we did and the girls came forward. They didn't want to be named. Uh, the people they were referring to knew in one second who those people were, right? Because they've done it. So, I mean, I was getting a call uh, from the person uh, who is being accused even before that story is out because we are reaching out to the person for the court but that gun is getting that call as well. So, I mean, thank you for corroborating the night before. For sure, this is a true story. So you go with it, right? But the point is when those uh, uh, harassment, sexual harassment committees were formed, none of them came forward. Uh, because then they're personally, for us, it's a story, and then we move on to the next story, right? But for that person, uh, whether it's a stand up comedian or, or, a, or an AD or a model, I mean, these people live on their own. Uh, most of the times, as Ravina rightly put it, you know, they've already fought one battle, which is at home to be to be getting into professions which are not that secure to begin with. Then the parents saying, like, over this, you have another headache to deal with, which is dealing with the powerful people rather than just with the talent that you have. You know, that's that's good enough for you to move forward. So I think that's a that's a personal thing. And it may just happen to the best of us if we are left out in the open to hang dry, right? Uh, today, a lot of things I say or do is because there is institutional uh, backup, backup. I mean, if there is a, uh, you know, I could, I could approach the cops uh, or I'll have friends uh, among journalists who can, who can do that for me if there's a problem in a way where I'm being personally attacked by a mob, uh, as it were. But individuals don't, and they're really, uh, they're really vulnerable in that sense. Rather than, I think it's coming from there rather than distrust of media because we'll be happy to publish, but we can't give you protection. That's something that you'll have to figure out yourself. Samia, uh, any winding up thoughts and what do you think of these blind item phenomena? What is the story that you think is worthy of being called journalism when it comes to entertainment? Yeah, I agree with what Mayank said. If it is in public interest, then I am for blind you know, stories. But otherwise, when it is just uh, gossip about who slept with who, I mean, as long as it happened consensually, I don't think it is anybody else's business what happened. So. Uh, but there's one point I'd like to make. Uh, for, I was talking to a senior entertainment journalist, uh, you know, a couple of months ago about how entertainment journalism has evolved. And she pointed out that earlier, these kind of sexual harassment stories would appear in something like, you know, the gossip column in a film magazine where it would be glamorized as the casting couch. But now we have moved it out of that space and we are actually doing serious, proper stories on such things. So I feel that as long as it is in public interest, uh, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But otherwise, these kind of gossip things, I mean, I'm happy to consume it online. But uh, beyond that, I don't really see uh, any value in it. And Ravina, finally, if you could give us your winding up thoughts on when you are, look, I mean, you're, you're a young organization, it's a startup. Yeah. Are you looking to build it on the back of journalism? or just intuition listicles because the revenue models of both is very different and therefore how you hire people, your HR policy, just the entire character of the organization changes. I mean, 
you're going to have to make a choice at some point right yeah so i think that we are sort of building towards that we are taking a journalistic approach to it in that we're not doing it we're not just creating content but what that skew will be i think is still developing is something that we're still sort of exploring i would like to build it on something that's slightly more substantial than just having listicles and stuff going out which gets a bad rap for no reason they're really easy to read and you can put a lot of information in that they're tough to write also yeah they're tough they're to really write, tough write. <laughs> yeah yeah if you really take it yeah so i i think the the what what listicles look like now are also very different um so yeah we'll see as we go but we are taking a journalistic approach to this uh because i think that it's a very important art form and um it needs to be covered it has the power to influence how people a lot of youth is thinking and how they're feeling and i think it's important to sort of have somebody there that um is holding you accountable not just to performance standards but also to you know ethical and ethical standards and moral standards and stuff like that and to just see how it evolves and to track it in a very thorough way so that is and as far as access is concerned let's hope that they respect that serious artists do respect that you won't always be other you can always surround them like the channel मैं कोजोनरनब्स रिपोर्टर्स हमने चारों तरफ से घेर लिया है हमारे शशि थरूर द पुलिस आर नॉट सराउंडेड शशि थरूर बट इज रिपोर्टर दैट सराउंडेड हिम सो लेट्स सी व्हाट व्हाट जर्नलिज्म वी मूव इनटू थैंक्स अनुपमा मयंक सौम्या एंड रवीना अप्रिशिएट इट थैंक यू संजय एंड ऑल आवर कोलीग्स एट द टीम मीडिया रंबल एंड टीम वर्क आर्ट्स एंड न्यूज़ लॉन्ड्री एंड यू एज द ऑडियंस वी होप यू एंजॉय the tmr online when it's up and on until then the dispatches will give you an idea of what all you can look forward to this year and coming years and guys we were so keen to have a really big media rumble this year uh, but maybe next year when it's physical form again we'll get you here and then we'll have a longer and then you can have an interaction with the audience it's great fun i promise you you'll enjoy it i thank you all for making the time appreciate it All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.